We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, this is Megan Rapino, And I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Welcome to episode 194 of the Barcelona Podcast, home to the most influential voices in the FC Barcelona community, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network and sponsor BetOnline.ag. Hit that subscription button to be first to listen to the hottest takes on the biggest stories coming out of the camp. No, I'm Dan Hilton, and I am again joined by Frances Tomas, Barca columnist featured on ESPN, Barca Blog, and many others. But today, Frances and I have the pleasure of being joined by three major, major important figures in the United States Pena system, if you will. It is Eric Vidal from Los Angeles Pena, Victor Valencheck from the Houston Pena, and Will Haas from the Austin Pena. So I want to say hello to Victor, Eric, and Will, and ask you guys how you doing, how you're holding up right now in Houston, LA, and Will. So we'll go in order, at least how I see it on my screen. So Victor, Eric, Will, in that order. All right. Hey, guys. Nice to be here. Victor from the Houston Coulets. Uh, honestly, just probably like everyone else, just a little stir crazy and bored and looking for a little uh, social interaction. And so this is great. Great to see these guys. Great to see you, Dan. Uh, happy to be here. Hey, Dan, things are going uh, good in L.A. We're uh, we're all still on on lockdown, more or less, and we're ready to kind of have the season start to ramp back up so we can start hanging out together, whether it'll be digitally or physically. We'll we'll kind of see what the future brings, but we're excited to have Barca back. Dan, this is Will in uh, Austin. Yeah, you know, same sentiments from the other guys, but, uh, you know, we're, we're getting there. Things hopefully are turning around, just trying to, you know, keep our group positive and everything. And it's exciting to have the season to hopefully talk about again. I know a bunch of us suddenly become closet Bundesliga fans, but, uh, yeah, just really hoping Barca gets back in two weeks. And, you know, we got goofy transfer rumors, if nothing else. So we'll, we'll live on that for now. Well, we will hit those transfer rumors later on in the show, but I want to start with the news that you were alluding to, Will, that the Spanish prime minister this week has said that Liga can resume from June 8th on. 
though that doesn't mean the league will start on that day. More likely, it'll start sometime between June 11th and June 18th. So, I mean, for me personally, what a birthday present that would be being the 11th of June to have everything come back. But, I mean, my luck, it'll be Real Madrid on the 11th, and I'll have to wait for the 12th or 13th for Barca Mallorca. But anyway, the good news is that we could see La Liga returning. And I would just say from what you guys have seen and the process has gone along, what have you seen from the Bundesliga that you think is going to translate over to the Liga and the situation that Barca is going to be heading into? I'm actually, guys, going to let Francesco go first on this one to throw you the prompt. All right, okay. Um, I just think that, as we said last week, it's all about um, football coming back. Um, first things first, I think it is crucial that everyone who needs a test gets a test around the whole world. Um, but obviously, we do know that that money speaks um, more than anything else. And it is clear that La Liga, Bundesliga, Premier League eventually have put the entertainment first. We all have personal opinions about that. But from a sort of selfish sporting perspective, it is great that Barca are coming back. It is great that La Liga will be able to survive as a result. And I'm intrigued to say what our Peña members have to say about that. So, I mean, I mean, just talking about, you know, what's, what's coming up. Um, uh, I'm a little bit, um, you know what, if they would have just, you know, called the season and gave Barca the, the, the championship. Um, a, of course, I would have been selfishly uh, happy with that. And, for the sheer fact, just from a safety perspective, because I want everybody to be safe, I would have been completely okay if we would have just picked back up uh, and started the season when it was supposed to start for the next season. Uh, I do understand the, you know, why La Liga and the money and everything around it and why they want to get things back. So there's lots of great arguments about, you know, about how, you know, bringing football back to the people who have been so deprived of any type of social and sport interaction and and again just giving something back of some kind of normality so uh, as long as they're doing this and uh, everything goes smoothly then i'm super excited about it um you know i think it's still going to be an odd experience uh watching listening to the ball crack as hard as you know we've heard it in bundesliga you just hear how hard that ball hits that's about the only thing you hear and the players shouting and it's going to be an odd experience uh, but again, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for, um, for what's, uh, you know, going to be here in the short few weeks. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited as well. I think, I think as long as we can return safely, I think it'll be a good experience for, for people to be able to have something to escape. I think you can see how, how important it was to people to have football back and have something, some sense of normality with, with the Bundesliga. I'm a little concerned about how many games are going to be playing in such a short amount of time coming back from rest. That's, I think that's probably my, my main concern that, that in the testing. So it's player safety from, from testing all the way through to how we're going to manage, you know, what was it football every day for 35 days. Granted, that's not going to be us every single day, but that's a lot of football. That's a lot of football that normally when we hit that we're in mid season form or we're kind of, we've had a warm up period. So no warm-up coming into La Liga and then having so many games so close together is really, a, a, I think, one of the big big concerns that, that I have about the whole situation. And then having that transfer window kind of looming over players while the whole thing's going on. I think it's a, it's a really weird situation. It's going to be weird to – it's going to feel weird in the stadium. You know, I, I remember the um, October 1st when, when there was the Catalan independence vote and, and they still held the game in the Camp Nou, how eerie that, that sounded. And 
every time I think of the Camp Nou and closed doors, that's what I think of. So thinking of having that again it, on, on repeat is just a little strange to me. But uh, I think I think overall, if they can manage it well and they can keep players safe, this will probably be something good for for Kules all across the world who've been on lockdown for a really long time now. Eric, do you think that um, Barca are ready to play a game every three days? Given how, you know, how poor, because you cannot really call it any other way, how poor we were in the last couple of matches before the break. Obviously, we had a lot of time to rest, but do you think Barca are ready to challenge Madrid in the next, say, 11 games if they play every 72 hours? What do you think? Pro physically, probably as well as any, any of the teams, right? We're all coming in very cold and, uh, you know, the, the ability to compete with the other teams will really come down to how well the team prepared and, and managed their time during the lockdown. Players were working out all the time. Um, I, I know I saw Instagram posts and, and social media where they have their, you know, showing off that they were working out and, and how comfy their, their nice penthouses are and everything. But <laughs> we'd also hear Kike Setien talk about uh, players following along with, with the with the kind of training regimen and that they were working out extra hard. So really the, the player's dedication, I think is going to be really on display here, how much these players are dedicated to the system more than any other noise we've had in the season. If they, if they really take being here and playing at a top level and course correcting and kind of cleaning up the style of play, if they all take that seriously, they'll, they'll come back as well prepared as they can. But if they, if there's locker room issues like we think and like the media reports all the time, then I think it's going to be really sloppy and we're not going to be able to compete. So uh, to me, it's all in the players to show us what they're really made of. If they're, if they want to be here and they want to compete for titles, they'll come back prepared and we'll compete as well as anybody else can. We have a lot of talent on the pitch. Yeah, no, lots of good points there. And yeah, obviously, you know, player safety is paramount and sure there definitely are concerns about, you know, uh, fitness and everything. I know we've, you know, unfortunately seeing a couple concerns in the media about a few players, but, uh, you know, it's also a good point that everyone's going to come back in the same, you know, all, all the teams in that sense are all going to come back in the same position. So uh, I think, you know, two of the big things that have kind of rung with me since this, you know, everybody says, oh, we need this back. And, and I totally agree. And, you know, I think the Bundesliga ratings are up like 400% or something. You know, we saw many people in America watch the NFL draft and everything. And the the suddenly polarizing player he is, Ivan Rakitic, I thought had a really interesting quote about, you know, frontline workers and, and people working at grocery stores and stuff like that and how important their job was to everybody, you know, to all the citizens right now. And, you know, sort of even compared the, the players to that a little bit. And, yeah, that's a reach. They're making millions of dollars and everything. But... I think the sentiment was that everybody needs this and that's kind of their way to serve that, you know, yeah, it's scary for all them. And he even admitted that it's scary for them to go and play right now, but you know, maybe it's kind of their way of doing their part. And like, I, I personally definitely agree with that. Like if they're going to play every day, yeah, I'm concerned about player safety as far as fitness and everything, but I'm going to watch every single day. So yeah, I'm just psyched for them to get back and, you know, assuming we can keep doing it healthy and, you know, as it seems to be in Germany, I, I'm just overjoyed. And, you know, well, I, I, to be honest, the league campaign isn't even that stressful to me. I just want to watch games again. So, Yeah, I think one of the most important things to remember is that 
as we talk about the Bundesliga and then we compare it for Victor, Eric and I, I mean, not so much Frances, but when we talk about American sports, whether it's the NBA or the NFL being uh, trying to start or MLB, whatever it may be, that the timeline for every country, we almost have to be educated about every country's different timelines. Germany, the way they handle the pandemic is different than the way Spain handled the pandemic, which is different than the way the United States did. Unless you're Belarus, who decided to run their football league throughout the entire pandemic. So unless you're in Belarus, it's all about every different individual country's timelines. I, I, the last thing I want to do before we head to a break is just ask about the whether or not get from each three of you, Victor, Eric, and Will, whether or not, as Will, as Eric kind of brought up, is it going to be more of a mental challenge, you think, for these players? Or do you think with Luis Suarez getting healthy again, Dembele might still be out, but do you think that this squad is going to have to more mentally get through this time period or more physically have to get through this time period? Oh, good. That's an excellent question. Is it, you know, mental? Is it physical? Um, I think, honestly, I think the physica, uh, physical part, I think some of these players, if you look at Suarez, who we know is just unfortunately and I, been a whipping boy, you know, for someone who's not always in, in the best of form in shape, but we always know, give him a few matches and he's, he's back again. He looks amazing. Like, I mean, this has been awesome for him. You, you see, he looks as fit as, a, you know, as ever. So I think in, in some cases, we're going to see really some really positive fitness, but just like anything at, at this high, this type of caliber of uh, uh, sport, uh, anything can happen, you know, when you push yourself. Um, all of a sudden you haven't been pushing yourself at that level. So I think the fitness part is there. I think the uh, mental, um, I think there's fair to say definitely uh, something, I don't know if one's going to be, you know, overwhelmingly more difficult than the other. But uh, again, I think uh, these guys are all, uh, I think the one good thing is we've got, um, we get, this is going to be, this is going to start and it's going to be over before we're going to blink and it's going to be done. 11 games, 100, 110 matches, uh, over you know a month and a half or so uh, across the league, it's going to be kind of exciting. I almost feel like it's kind of World Cupish, uh, in the fact that you know I'm going to have my tablet running every single day. It's going to seem like, and there's just games and games and games playing. So uh, I'm kind of excited about that. But uh, I don't know if I necessarily think it's more mental or physical, one way or the other. Either way, it's going to be a challenge for these guys, and I hope they're up for it because um, I definitely don't want to lose the title uh, to Madrid. So. I think it'll be uh, slightly more mentally challenging than physically challenging. I think physically it's going to be a, it's going to be a gauntlet for, for everybody going through that many games and coming, coming off being cold. I think that's going to be a real challenge, but I think, I think in, in preparation and in seeing how people are able to mentally push through those tired legs at the end of 35 days or however long it's been of, you know, just constant football, that'll, that kind of mental toughness. And then the preparation that they have going in will, will be the difference between titles. I think everybody's going to have those tired legs, but mentally, I think the difference in titles will be the mentality of this team. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Eric, I, especially at the beginning, you know, you're used to, the players are used to playing in front of, you know, hundred thousand people and everything. Now there's going to be no one there. I imagine it's a little eerie at first, you know, obviously at the end of, you know, playing 11 games in 35 days or whatever they're saying it is like everyone's going to be physically gassed at the end of that. But I agree, you know, from a fan perspective, Victor is totally correct. That, I mean, this is going to be the World Cup. It's just going to be the end of La Liga. And then, you know, are we going to have Champions League in August? I, you know, I don't know how they finish that, just considering that PSG season is already done anyway. But, you know, obviously it's a little bit of a different conversation. But, yeah, I, it's hard for me to say it's more physical or mental, but 
And I think at first, you know, after that first game or two, I think hopefully some of the mental stuff kind of goes away because you, you just got to be ready every day. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Well, just like the players, Frances and I did talk last week about the break that Messi and Suarez, some of those guys that do the international competitions every summer as well, this is going to be basically the longest physical break that Messi may have had in seven or eight years. We know that he was dealing with a knock beforehand. A lot of guys had long-term injuries. So I think this physical break has worked for Barca, and we're going to head to our own break just now. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. NASCAR is back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24-7. Or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And live right now on BetOnline's YouTube channel, you'll find an exclusive interview with ex-Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling the final dance. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. So back from that break, we are talking now all about the fans and who better to do that with than some of the leaders and presidents of the Peñas around the U.S. Now, as far as the fans in the seats, we've seen whether it was South Korean baseball, whether it is the Bundesliga, there are different ideas and different strategies, we'll say. Some have worked. Some have been more like PR stints, like we'll say some of the dolls is the way I'm going to say this. The dolls that were used in South Korean baseball, I think a little bit of a publicity stunt. So we've seen different things working to different success. We've also heard rumors about putting Zoom calls and, and people in seats using Zoom. A lot of different ideas. Where do you guys stand and what are you even hearing from your Pena members about what they think they should do as far as fans in the seats? We're going to go Will, Eric, Victor. Yeah, that was uh, that was that was interesting in South Korea. Um, I feel like somebody was doing themselves a personal favor on the company card or something. But uh, anyway, uh, I mean, some of the ideas that have already been out there kind of mixed uh, the, the cardboard cutouts. I, I think they had that at Mönchengladbach or one of the German teams. I thought that was kind of clever and, you know, a nice way to get the fans involved and, and visually watching, you know, people, obviously they weren't moving, but it, it looked a little less eerie. The, uh, the zoom thing, I think zoom things a really clever idea. I also think your legal department better have their stuff in order for that, but I, but it's a clever idea. Uh, I personally, from a, you know, on a broadcast viewer, the, the fake crowd noise this weekend, I thought, I thought it was kind of weird. I know a lot of people liked it. It, it wasn't weird that it was there. It was weird when they showed the stands and there's no one there and you're kind of like, where is this coming from, you know? But yeah, you know, there's, I think there's more room for more creativity with this. I, uh, a bunch of our members, when we've spoken about it, have said, why don't they play at the training facilities or something? Because if you're just going to hear the ball or, you know, occasional players put in interesting insults towards others, like a smaller venue might make it kind of cool. So that's kind of the best we've come up with here in Austin so far. But I'm uh, interested to see what the other guys have been talking about. So, uh, for for me, I'm I'm kind of I'm okay with the with the crowd noise uh, being being there. I'm okay with the with the cardboard cutouts. Something that kind of simulates the the normal feeling that you get as a as a broadcast viewer of like we you know we're not there, but but we hear the crowd noise and we see the faces in the stands, and it feels more normal when you're watching it. Um, I I understand that, uh, but I think that they should they should really include fans as much as possible because football is really nothing without the fans. So 
when it comes to like us as Peñas and, and, and socios and, and people that are involved with the club, I think the club should fill the stadium using people like us. They should, they should reach out to, to Peñas and, and get pictures of the Peñistas to put in the stands, or they should reach out to socios, you know, they have a whole way to to manage and that like crowdsourcing of faces that they need to fill the stadium. And I think they should absolutely leverage that and then do something like what other sports have been experimenting with of, of having fans call in during the, during the match, like during the NFL draft where people interact with the commissioner, find interesting interactive ways to use Barca TV and, and the other platforms that they've been growing to really engage us all because it's not just the people here that are broadcast viewers but it's also the people in spain and catalonia who are used to seeing those games all the time those are the people outside of the the finances of of season tickets and and all the other business side of it but just the people who care about this club are the people who are are you season ticket holders they are the people who are running penas those are the people who should be a a part of this game going going through whatever this weird period we're going to have is um, as for us in LA, I think we would love to be included in something like that, where we're brand new to being an, an official Pena and, and being able to have our faces in the stands would be something that would be really special to, to our group, I think. Um, I don't know how likely that is. I know there's a sponsor or something that is uh, collecting pictures to put cardboard cutouts in the, in the stadium. So I, I don't know how much of a chance any socios or, or fans have that are really committed to the club. Um, but, but stuff like that, I think should, should go through the fans and it would mean a lot to, to groups like ours. Yeah. I look at this, I look at the, you know, I don't look at it. I, I think there's a chance, an opportunity to be creative here, uh, whether it's the cutouts or the dolls or whatever it is. I think uh, what I saw was kind of interesting and sparked my interest. I think it was a Bayern match this weekend. There was, there's your normal like board of advertising on the bottom, right? That, it's all of like, but they had like a second board, a second tier board. So it was like double the height. And they had like a lot of T-Mobile advertising and it had faces on the digital board. It was like the second tier up. I'm like, and it just sparked my interest. I'm like, they could be creative. Maybe they can get some even bigger screens that span the entire backdrop that they could then digitally represent fans, uh, you know, whatever on there. So that at least from when we're watching the match, visually that backdrop uh gives us a a different experience so um is it fake Mm, you know but i thought it was kind of interesting to see that extra tier i also think from uh when i think about noise or you know uh fan noise i think about watching comedy like how many times have have you started watching some of this comedy where people are doing comedy with no laugh track with no audience it's odd right and it's i think a similar experience here i'd like this i'm okay put some noise in there and perfect the sound. So it's not too soft, not too loud or overly. If you, if you can, if we can do it for comedy, we can do it for, for a stadium. And someone just needs to spend a little time and energy being creative at uh, engineering that. We have been talking a little bit about the players and being motivated and the fans, but we do want to talk about, as Eric mentioned at the start, that looming transfer window Now, I don't even think we're completely certain as to when that start date will officially begin because the Bundesliga started several weeks before Spain. And uh, Spain might even start 
a few weeks before the Premier League. We're not really sure. So I, I think how they handle the transfer window, and by they, I mean FIFA and uh, basically all the different agreement from these different federations is going to be a big part of that. What we do know will happen during this transfer window is that Bayern won't be activating Felipe Coutinho's purchase option. So I was thinking a lot this week how the transfer window is going to be a lot like a set of dominoes. And I think for Barca that Felipe Coutinho was probably the first domino in terms of what he's worth and what Barca might be able to do in the transfer window. How do you guys feel about what Coutinho's future could be at Barca now looking forward if Bayern don't want to take that option? Or where do you think that Barca now can take their transfer window if Coutinho winds up not being able to be sold? We'll go Will, Eric, Victor. Yeah, uh, me and a couple other guys in our Pena here in Austin were talking about that the other day. And, and you're right, it's a, he's a very interesting figure in all this because, you know, the guy when he's on is still a fabulous player. But when he's off, you know, he, I mean, he played, he played really well at the beginning of his campaign with Bayern and then just kind of disappeared. And I know he, then he got injured and everything. You know, as far as him staying or going, it's hard to say. I, you know, I don't, I don't know what the determining factor is with that. You know, is it Setien and can he find him a place and does he want him to stay? Is Setien staying? You know, and then beyond that, if you can find a buyer, somebody that wants to take a chance on him, whether it's back in the Premier League or a PSG or whoever, or maybe in a swap deal, you know, if you're trying to get Lautaro Martinez, do you, you know, is Inter interested? Is that fair to you if you're Barca? At the the transfer, this transfer window is so hard to predict. And now we have a pandemic. Like before the bar, this Barcelona transfer window was going to be nutty. And now like, when's it going to start? How long is it going to last? Who's going to move? But yeah, I mean, I think Coutinho is far, if a team is optimistic about him, his value is probably the highest of anyone you realistically would sell right now. But yeah, I just don't, does somebody want him? Do we want him? Do we not? It, it just, it, there's so many other questions. It's hard for me to answer that. I mean, you know, we all know a couple of players that we think are, you know, kind of one foot out the door, or, you know, halfway to being shoved out the door, but uh, you know, then who can we buy to is, is the market going to be massively deflated? And so no one has any money and we don't have any money and we can't buy or, you know, can barely buy anyone. It's, it's going to be fascinating. You know, I guess interested to see what the other guys say. It's just such a hard question to encapsulate in one quick shot so yeah i don't know let's see what do you think eric i think a, a lot of our guys in in la have kind of run out of patience with players like coutinho and Dembele. they just they've had chances after chances they've started more minutes than they probably deserved when they weren't in form and it, it cost us games and i think we've lot of, we've lost a lot of faith in players like him and his ability to return to the form that we bought him at so i think uh i think it's probably split on on whether he should definitely for sure go, but I think every, everybody's beyond frustrated with him. I, I think that it really will just come down to the, the economics of the transfer window. I think uh, to Will's point that his value probably is as high as it's going to get right now because it's just deteriorating all the time. Um, he has his spells of good runs and we get optimistic of, oh, if this is the Coutinho we get back, then we'll be in good shape. And then he has another who knows how many runs of or runs of games that are just awful i think that if the we don't have enough players coming in or we have players that are definitely on their way out patino is still at his best a world-class player that would be valuable to have around in a pinch and this situation would be a pinch so if we had to keep him i wouldn't be heartbroken about it but if if he if we could find a buyer for him and we could bring in some fresh blood that'll help our team 
be more competitive, then we should absolutely get rid of them for whatever that asking price is. But, you know, if our if our backs are against a wall and we have to keep him, then he'll be part of our team and, and I'll root for him fine. But we better we better start severing with some of those players that have just burned bridges opportunity after opportunity. Yeah, I think the only thing I'll add on there is that I think a lot of this is going to come down to, like, you know, yes, the definitely the money. Uh, if, in fact, he ends up back with us, then I think the last, I think the big onus of this is on Setien. I mean, he needs to figure out how to make him work within the squad. End of story. A, if he proactively they want him back, then he best have a plan for him that fits into a squad that and that works. Because, like you know, Eric said, you know, I think we're done. We're done with you know ineffective uh, Coutinho in a squad not playing, whether he's not played to his best ability or out of position, whatever you want to say about it. It's all about Setien having to make this right if he's back. I do respect all the different points, and you probably made them all. I think for me, as I wrote in Barca blog this week, it all comes down to how much of a loss can Barca actually take? If you think about it, once Neymar left, we got 220 million euros, and we, in a way, wasted it. Perspective and experience tells us we actually wasted it in buying Dembélé, then Coutinho, and then finally Griezmann, which, you know, debatably, is the best one out of the three. And if Barca can, can actually take a loss, um, I would say from 75% upwards, I would personally take the loss in terms of selling Coutinho on, but anything less than that, I would just keep the player. But then the point here is, if you keep the player, you're keeping the player with his wage. And then can Barca actually afford Coutinho's wage plus Messi, Suarez, Griezmann, mm. etc., Busquets, Alba, uh, Piqué and all of those, and then actually bring world-class forwards, for example, Neymar, for example, Lautaro. I don't think so. So it's a very, very difficult decision. And I would think it will have to come down to what the board wants to do in relation to Setien's plan moving forward as well. Because let's not forget, Setien, if Bartomeu is going nowhere, it's quite likely Setien is going to have another year. And I think he should certainly have a say. Um, it's a very tricky position, especially because Barca don't really have enough money to go and sort of buy anyone outright. And I really do hope the board get it right. Because let's face it, they haven't really, over the last two, three years, got many of these key decisions as well as we all expected. Yeah, Francis, I think the forgotten man in all of what I keep seeing, hearing, and reading about Barca over these last few weeks is Antoine Griezmann. As much as we talk about Neymar and Latoro coming in or Luis Suarez and Dembele returning, and we always are talking about Messi, I think Antoine Griezmann, when it comes to that forward line, is really the forgotten man. And Barca bought him for a ton of money. So he is expected to do something or this or next summer, we're going to be talking about him the exact same way we're talking about Coutinho this year. And he is, we'll say he's, yeah, he's in his late 20s, going to be 30 next year. So we'll see if he can kind of figure things out. And maybe this break was also good for him. And the relationship between he and Setien and Messi and Suarez, now that they are teammates, I wonder if that has continued to evolve as well. Well, the other question I have for you guys, we have been talking a lot about Latoro Martinez, obviously, on the show, and I can't imagine that many of you are excited about all those Pianic from Juventus rumors, so I want to ask each of you, we're going to go Victor Eric Will on this one. Other than Latoro Martinez, give me a name of a player that either you or your Peñas are discussing as somebody that they think is a transfer target this window. <laughs> I'll be honest. I'm gonna let the other guys handle this. I have done everything I can to try to avoid getting, you know, I just 
they're just popping up, you know, you get the, you get the Mundo Deportivo and you get the sport and the newspapers. And I'm like, it's just the flavor of the day when it comes to players that are about to make it to, to Barcelona. I'm like, I just, I'll be honest. I can't be bothered sometimes. I'm like, I got to turn that off. So uh, if my guys are talking about it, I think I've ignored it. So I'm probably the wrong person <laughs> to answer that. But Eric, Will, what do you got? Anybody you guys love out there? I'm kind of in the same boat as Victor. I I got to a point this season where there were just too many rumors. Most of them seemed made up. And I'm at the point now where it's just put put up or shut up. Get to get to the transfer window and, and give me a good player and make sure that they can deliver because we've had we've been burned too many times. I'm not really I've kind of like cut out some of the some of the more banter stuff. So I don't uh, I'm not really sure who, who our Pena's rumor mill is excited about right now but uh me personally i'm just kind of uh, I'm, I'm ready for the board to just show me that they can make a good signing i i don't i and i personally don't really care who that name is it just better deliver <laughs> i i definitely uh muriel sentiment to a degree it you know a big part of it is that again let's let's put the pandemic thing to the side just because it massively complicates things in an already massively complicated situation for barca I think I've gotten so disappointed by some of our other signings that at this point I'm trying to like emotionally remove myself from it. So I don't get all excited about somebody, you know, there, there are players that we've talked about within our Pena that I, I have been a little bit more plugged into it. One of our, one of our uh, first line workers, Dr. Menon, he works in the ER here in town. He wants Lotaro Martinez. I think he has a man crush on him that his wife should be concerned about. So because he's had a rough go lately, let's bring in Lautaro to make my boy happy. But uh, no, really, I mean, the Pjanic thing, I don't know. Like, you know, if we get rid of some of what we are calling dead weight, then I, I think he's still a decent player. I, he wouldn't be on my list of first 90 choices probably, but he'd probably make the top 100. Uh, not that that's saying a whole lot. Um, you know, I saw some rumor that said maybe Matthias DeLict. I can't believe he would leave Juventus right now. But if we're not going to keep Todibo, I would be over the mountaintops for him. But I, I'm with y'all. It, it's it's just at this point, I don't want to get emotionally involved and excited about anyone because I, I don't believe it. And then I get stressed out about the finances of the club and everything. So, uh, yeah, it's a hard question to answer. But, you know, if Lautaro Martinez came, I would be delighted. And, you know, who else? I mean, there's debates about who else we need. Is Tomato going to leave? I like Emerson. I like Sergio Dest. It's, uh, I, I know the Dest and Emerson thing's kind of polarizing in our group. A lot of people want Dest just because he's American. I love him also, but I, I like the Emerson guy and he's cheaper. So I, I think it's just hard to get into it. It's hard to get excited right now because there's all the uncertainty and to bring the pandemic back in, all the uncertainty associated with that. So uh, it, it'll be interesting. It'll be fun. Hopefully it'll be fun. It should be fun at this point. Right. So, right. I've been making up a shopping list while you were all talking because I realized you were all on the fence, but you can't say Neymar though. I want, we want to hear your list, but you're not allowed to say Neymar. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Neymar. I will buy. Is that, <laughs> what, you, is that what you meant? You wanted me to start with him. Yeah. Right. I will, I will buy Neymar, Lautaro, Dest, um, and then promote Ricky Pooch. Give Pedri lots of minutes. Alanya comes back and plays. Cucurella is bought back. Iñaki Peña is promoted. And then to fund all that, I would sell Neto, Semedo. I know this is controversial, but if you're going to keep Sergio Roberto, which we are going to do, let's face it, 
Semedo goes. Dembélé, Griezmann, Coutinho out, sold for a profit. Todibo also sold. Unfortunately, Dan, don't cry. And Junior Firpo has to go too. That's my shopping list. Well, this week I had that YouTube video for another La Masia player who's maybe going to leave another center back. But yeah, for Todibo, it's not so much that I think Tadibo is this awesome, terrific player. But I've said before, Ronald Araujo can improve. He's supposed to be promoted. So you can actually add him to your list because he's going to be in the first team next year unless Barca go out and splash money they don't have on another center back. But it looks like it will be Araujo as basically the backup right back or the right, right center back next season. So yeah, we'll have to see how the transfer window continues to go. And obviously, Frances and I will keep talking about that. So I was glad to hear from our opinions about what they think of the transfer windows. But most importantly, Frances and I had you guys on today because we want to hear about how you guys are doing and how your penures are doing. I know you guys are locked into not only speaking for, and it's a difficult task to do. I'm asking you from Houston, LA, and Austin to almost speak for the rest of the pennies in the U.S. until we get them on the show. But I want to hear about how Houston, L.A., and Austin are doing, whether that's you personally dealing with the pandemic or just your Pena family in general. And, Will, I was really delighted to hear about uh, the ER doctor, especially you let me know about that a few weeks ago, too. So we want to not only shout out to him, thank him and all of other essential workers for all the work they do. I mean, just listening to our podcast is the least that we could possibly do in making it to deliver that to them. So he wants Latura Martinez. We want Latura Martinez. So let's get that done but yeah i want to hear about how the penures are doing so will why don't you go first about how austin is and just basically the scene in austin yeah thanks dan yeah we actually we noticed this before all this started we actually have a insanely disproportionate number of medical workers in our pena we have two er doctors i mean dentists and everything but you know they're still doing what they do we've got several nurses uh radiologists so and and they're they're all doing well everyone's healthy uh, we've been very lucky that, you know, that I know of, we haven't had anyone get sick within our Pena in general. And, you know, certainly no one in the close group, no, none, it, like not even extended family members or anything. So, you know, everyone's ready to get out. Uh, things are, you know, getting easier going here in Austin and in Texas in general, but, you know, it's still, everyone's got to be cautious and responsible and everything. You know, we've been talking about if, if and when the season comes back, how can we meet up? Can we meet up? Should we meet up? And a lot of those decisions won't be for us to make, but uh, you know, it, it's stuff that we're kind of planning on. And, and it's exciting to even talk about it, even if nothing materializes, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I've just been trying to focus or be focused on keeping the group positive and, you know, looking on the bright side, or maybe not the bright side, but, you know, trying not to, to meddle over everything that's scary. Cause it is scary for everybody. This is uncertain for you know, unless anybody lived through the Spanish flu, it's uncertain. So, um, but yeah, things, you know, things have been fine ish. I mean, we can get out, you know, you can walk the dog and stuff like that. So that helps, but, uh, yeah, everyone's ready to get out. So, um, you know, just to mirror you again, thanks to all everyone's frontline workers everywhere, but, uh, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll get there. Hopefully, you know, hopefully there's no second wave. Hopefully we're done with this in the summer and, you know, things can start kind of getting back going again when uh, the 2020-2021 season starts. Yeah, in, in L.A., things have been um, pretty, pretty locked down. We've had one of the more strict lockdowns here in, in the country. So all of our penistas that are here in L.A. are, you know, do, doing their best right now. Uh, we've got a good amount of members that are, either in the medical professions or just kind of frontline workers and are essential employees. 
So it's been really important to us as uh, leaders of the Pena to make sure that everybody can just get through this situation and take care of themselves first, and then we can talk about the Pena after. Um, so we, you know, we've kept in touch with people, make sure everybody's kind of doing okay. No, no real reports of anybody getting sick. Nobody's passed. You know, we've, we've been fortunate in LA and I think we're kind of starting to think about what it's going to be like when we do come back because uh, La Liga is going to come back probably before LA is open and able to have people back. And when we do come back, it'll be um, probably some kind of hybrid. It's going to be people able to come back as they're comfortable and we'll do our best to provide a safe environment with, with our bar and whatever the city sets out and whatever we personally feel comfortable with. So even if some things aren't mandatory for the city, we, we probably will require things like face coverings and making sure we have, you know, hand sanitizer all over the place and just do whatever we can as an organization to keep our members safe. Um, make sure that when people come to our events that they have a, a good time like they used to, but they can feel safe doing it. And then people can just slowly come back as they, as they feel ready and we'll make sure that we're there and we can facilitate that. Uh, but the timeline, what that looks like, the details of that are just completely unknown to us in LA. Um, once we kind of get past that period and we know what coming back looks like, I think we all are very anxious to get back to the community and, and figure out what we can do as a member of Los Angeles, the, the community, to give to people who were not as fortunate in making it through the pandemic. So first was taking care of members, making sure everybody's healthy and safe and make sure everybody kind of does whatever they need to do to make it through. And now that we're starting to see what the other side might look like, now is the time to really kind of think about what we want to do, who we saw um, as, a, as a group that we think we can give our time and, and energy and money to, whatever that's going to look like. I don't know what we can do in person, so it may be charitable donations, but we, we will give to the city and, and we'll come together as a group. But We'll kind of wait until LA is nice and open a little bit more before we cross that bridge. But we're, you know, we're in constant contact trying to piece together what that is. Um, we will, uh, we will be returning to to DTLA downtown Los Angeles. Um, we moved there at the beginning of the year for a nice central location. Uh, they're they're going to be back in business, so our bar survived. Um, so that's that's a good piece of news we got this last week, and um, they're they're going to have us back. So we'll. We'll move forward as soon as we can do it. Until then, just stay safe and take care of yourselves. You know, in Houston, we've been, I think we've been super fortunate. And I think Will's in the same boat in Austin. You know, Texas just did not get hit the same way the West Coast uh, and New York uh, obviously did. And so with that, we're already at a stage right now where uh, our bar, you know, they're, they're already open. They're back open again, 25% capacity for bars 50 percent for restaurants by the time the matches again i don't know what phase we'll be in by the time you know we're talking the 11th or 12th by the time the match starts so a lot of things have just happened with this announcement with the uh with the june 8th week announcement by the spanish federation that we can you know the football is back um you know there's a lot of chatter my guys out there are already chattering getting excited about trying to you know what does that mean um so i mean the good news is, again, we've been fortunate, haven't had any reported deaths that we're aware of from the group. I have heard of some people who had, who had some cases, but they recovered. Uh, but beyond that, again, I'm very fortunate here in Houston. So now the wheels are in motion, like quick. I'm doing things right now to try to get some merch together, some, you know, maybe some of those gators that you can 
you know, have to cover your face and mouth. So I'm working on maybe some designs to place some orders to have something available, right, for, for the people who want to go to the bar. Um, also, I'm going to be working immediately with the bar now that we have the announcement to try to start figuring out, you know, what does that look like? Uh, you know, what are they willing to do? Um, I'm sure they want it to see us come back in. Um, but again, what does that look like? So a lot of unknowns right now, but some of the things that our people are we're trying to do right now, we have an initiative going on right now. It's actually food for the frontline. So I don't know how many folks are actually frontline in our group specifically, but we are trying to help out our frontline folks. So one of our board members, Rosemary, came up with this idea. She's like, hey, let's, uh, let's you know, get some meals together and let's take them over to some uh, hospital ward and some identi you know, identified spots. And uh, so the donations are starting to come in. That's good. Every $10 is, is a meal. Uh, we're directly going to our front line, which is really cool. Good news on that is we're actually help, uh, helping out not only the front line, but we're helping out our own bar, which is still trying to recover from being down is they're the ones in their kitchen is going to be the ones that are actually going to be packing up the meal. So we're helping out our bar by giving the business money their way and we're helping out the front line. So again, if anybody out there hears and wants to help out, HoustonKoolAids.com and hit the uh, go to our shop tab and you can uh, donate there. So uh, again, we're excited about uh, doing that. So that's that's keeping me a little busy right now. I just want to say that um, as soon as this program is over, we're going to go to the Houston Coles website and we're going to make a donation on behalf of the bot. Um, I think that what Houston are doing, but so are LA, Austin, obviously New York City as well, that came on the board a couple of weeks back. I think that what you're all doing is, is remarkable and we certainly will contribute if we can, uh, which obviously we can in this situation. As someone who was born in Barcelona, I think that the love for what really is just a football club, it's just 11 guys kicking a football around and it's just uniting us all around the world. And obviously in a situation that we're in, everyone sort of contributing, pulling together. And you know, just the fact that we're all talking from all different parts around the world, is just, it's just fantastic that we've got this love for this club that unites the world and makes everything better. And I'm just honored to have had you on the pod today. And not just that, just for everything you do on a weekly basis, it actually, my hats go off to you. And I know that Dan's hats go off to you too. You'll be able to find all the information from these three down in the description or the show notes, wherever you're listening or even watching this on YouTube, you'll find this there. So I also want to thank you guys again and reiterate the sentiments that you guys have all mentioned that from all over the United States and all over the world, there is a reminder, I think, in this time that prior to the pandemic, I think we were all stuck on Twitter or all stuck on Facebook and a lot of negativity. But this whole thing has reminded us that whether it's the essential workers in our Peñas or in other Peñas or Barca fans, that we are Barca fans. But we're also people who are working hard and trying to be together. And I really appreciate the sentiments that you've all mentioned in just your three cities. And there's so much other work going on with all the Peñas around the world. So most importantly, I want to thank the three of you for not only your efforts for what you're doing outside of this call, but also just coming on to the Barca on the podcast again, making your return for a few times. I think this is number three for either all of you or number two for Will. Yeah, three for Eric, three for Will, and three for Victor, or two or three for Victor at least. So I want to appreciate you guys again for thank you for coming on to the show. And I want to thank our listeners for tuning in again. You can tap in your app and check out the show notes to subscribe. You can find us on social media. We're on Twitter at the Barcelona Pod or at Hilton D13 for me. But all the information for these three and their opinions down in that description in the show notes. We're also on Instagram as are all of these fine gentlemen and their opinions. 
We're at the Barcelona Pod, but you can find everyone else there at their respective pennies down in the description. Our closed Facebook group is tvpod.link backslash group. Deeper dives and discussions, all that. We also have a Patreon, tvpod.link backslash Patreon. On YouTube, at the Barcelona Podcast, where if you're listening to this or watching this, we enjoy you to hit the subscription button and give us a like. So thanks so much for listening to the Barcelona Podcast. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon. And force the bar say. Force the bar say.